This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, thanks for joining the show. My name is Mike Broomhead. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, in one more day for Glenn Beck. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday on the show, I've always had an admiration for the way Mike Rowe handles the working class America, whether it's Dirty Jobs, Deadliest Catch, or his podcast now, The Way I Heard It. He has a knack for bringing forward and, and being entertaining about the working class in America. And when he's asked to speak and you hear interviews, and I read the story in theblaze.com yesterday, about Micro's take on why, as he travels the country looking, whether it's dirty jobs or anything else, he sees help wanted signs and what that possibly could mean of why those jobs aren't being filled in America. It's always touched me because if it weren't for the trades, I myself would have fallen through the cracks. I was 18 years old, barely had a high school diploma, wasn't going to go to college, was spinning my wheels doing nothing and fell into being an apprentice electrician, and it changed my life. I was a business owner, and it showed me a path of being able to work with my brain and with my hands and feel a sense of accomplishment, which I think is more important to people a lot of times than the amount of money in a paycheck. So um, I've been waiting for this for quite a long time, and joining me now is Mike Rowe. Mike, it is a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. I'm going to do my level best, Mike, to be as interesting and fascinating as possible. That was quite an intro, and I'm humbled. (laughs) Well, listen, Mike, I have been a fan for a long time, and uh, you know, Glenn and I have talked about you before. I, I've listened to you. I've watched you. Your take on Americanism and the working class and the people that really drive the economy and drive who we are as a country, I think is not only entertaining, it's an interesting look at that. What drove you to do that? Well, I mean, the, the honest answer is a 400-page book. I can't get around to finishing, but the short version is um, I, I grew up with the great good fortune of having really two dads. Um, my father, who was a, was a school teacher, a public school teacher, and my grandfather, who lived next door, who built the house I was born in without a blueprint. These two together uh, showed, rather than told, were told uh, what, what work actually looked like. My, my dad was typically his de facto apprentice, my grandfather's, and my grandfather a guy with a seventh grade education wound up being a master electrician, carpenter, steam fitter, pipe fitter, architect, mechanic, all of it by the time he was 35. And so I just, I had a front row seat to the kinds of jobs that make civilized life possible for the rest of us from the jump. And the reason I wound up doing the shows I ultimately wound up doing was because the thing I admired the most in my granddad, that that, that gene, that chip in the back of his brain that just allowed him to put together a watch or a, or a combustion engine blindfolded uh, is recessive. I didn't get it, <laughs> and to this day is one of uh, my, my, my great uh, disappointments. What I got was a genuine interest and respect for that work, and after 20 years or so of freelancing in television, I finally got a chance to uh, shine a light on guys like my pop 
And that's what Dirty Jobs was. That's how it started. But, but honestly, its, its success had as much to do with the underlying themes of the show as it did with my uh, somewhat dogged insistence at the time to do a TV show that, that didn't rely on a second take. Um, we, we, we shot as honestly as we could. We didn't rehearse. We didn't hire actors or writers. We didn't pre-produce. We didn't scout. We showed up with a small crew, and we became flies on the wall, and I did my best to keep up as anybody would do on their first day of work. And what came out the other end was a fairly authentic tribute to that thing we call labor. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's fascinating. My grandfather was my biggest influence. He was an auto mechanic, and I remember handing him tools as he fixed when he was retired. He fixed the, the neighbor's cars in our neighborhood, and I remember being fascinated at how he was able to take something that didn't work, know what the problem was, and fix it. He was like MacGyver before there was MacGyver, and I think that's what led me down the path I was myself. But the take you, you give this, and it's interesting, um, I, I promised myself I wouldn't bring up Deadliest Catch, but I'm going to anyway. I got to meet Josh Harris here in Arizona and the way you show the hard-nosed life that those people live, where they are able to be both hard but at the same time lovable, you cheer for them when they're successful. It is a, You shed a light on that in a way that makes us want to watch those people not change who they are but be immensely successful. You're talking about a word <clears throat> that, that doesn't get used as much as it used to because it's almost become um, – uh, stereotypical of something, but it's, it's character, right? You know, you're, you're watching character on the yes. screen, not characters, not, you know, imitations or derivative takes on some pre-existing archetype or whatever the experts would categorize it as, but you're seeing character. You mentioned Josh, you know, I've, I've known Josh for years. Um, I, I knew his dad. I wrote uh, a eulogy uh, for Phil when he died and it crashed my website. And it was one of the many uh, occasions that made me realize the themes in Dirty Jobs, the themes in Deadliest Catch, and a lot of ways were the themes the headlines caught up with in 2008, 2009. And that's when, you know, Phil died in 2008. And it, it right. was, there was such an overwhelming uh, outpouring of, of sympathy and relatability I think, I can't speak for the network, but I think a lot of people in charge of that show finally realized um, that we weren't watching a show about men catching uh, crabs in the Bering Sea. We were watching, especially with the case of the Cornelia Marie, which was, you know, Jake and Phil's and Josh's boat. Uh, we were watching a family, uh, literally a nuclear family. We were watching a father trying to deal with the future of his kids we were watching a man try and deal with the fate of his crew, and we were watching all of it with this backdrop, and this is probably the most important element, of the Bering Sea, which in a world of contrived, um, focus-grouped nonsense is still one of the great uh, characters in nonfiction television that can't be scripted. So when you push all that together you had something a bit more relevant than a crab pot going over the side of the boat empty and coming up full. You had basic uh, relationships, hunter, gatherer, eat what you kill, 
you know, I was listening uh, a few minutes ago before I hopped on, and you were you were really talking about that that same basic thing with respect to risk. And look, I would never suggest that <laughs> the world would be better if it were more dangerous, but I would suggest that we've tried so hard and and we've succeeded in so many ways to eliminate risk from life. We right. do it you know, with insurance and actuarials and all these different things, and it's all very well-intended. But the truth is, there was a time in the country when people got paid based on their willingness to assume a level of risk. And we don't see that much anymore. But that dynamic is alive and well uh, in the shows we're talking about. You know, um, I've got about a minute left in the segment, and I want to talk to you about the way I heard it, this this project of yours on the podcast. The description is a series of short mysteries from the curious mind with a short attention span. Tell us about the podcast and why. The podcast is just another attempt to shine a light on, in this case, history. Look, I, I, the, the world's full of stories and full of examples that I think are both entertaining and instructive. Paul Harvey in my estimation, was the master of yes. combining mystery with history and biography. And he did such a great job with the rest of the story in, in, in cleverly exposing people to tales and biographies that they would probably otherwise never listen to. The way I heard it is my attempt to keep that um, tradition alive. And we tested it six months ago. I just wanted to see if anybody cared. And I was putting up one a week, you know, six minute biographies and we've reached uh, over 40 million. So apparently that's wow. good. And people called and said, <laughs> let's do some more. And I said, great. So I am. That's awesome. Mike, I, I can't thank you enough. I know you did this on short notice and uh, it really is a pleasure to speak with you. I have always been a fan. And as one of those working class people, I thank you for shedding a light on, on who we are. And it really is an honor. Hey, look, I, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've been a big fan of uh, Glenn's audience for many years. It's always great to talk to them. And uh, Happy New Year to you and yours. You too. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. There he is. He is the Mike Rowe, and the, the podcast is called The Way I Heard It. Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate it. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645.